You're listening to Talk Birthday to Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelby Prop, and I'm creating a space to talk about infertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Tune in to hear guest interviews and real-life experiences from real moms. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to Althea, who is one of our local midwives around here. So Althea, if you want to kind of introduce yourself. My name is Althea Rablitschka. My practice is Tender Gifts Midwifery, soon to include Tender Gifts Midwifery and Birth Center. I've been working in the birth world for a little over 10 years, had my own practice coming up on three years. I have four children myself. I've had a range from medicated hospital births to natural hospital births to home birth. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. What made you go into the birth world? So my own experiences is really what it st- where it started. My first experience, I was that 19 and pregnant girl and had no clue what I was doing. Kind of my whole world flipped upside down. Um, so I thought, uh, at, you know, actually ended up being good for me. But... Um, when my first pregnancy, I did what everybody else does pretty much. And you ask around, you call the first doctor or OB that you find. And then that's who you go to. You set an appointment and that's, that's the way it is. You meet the person at the first appointment. There's no interviewing process uh, of any kind. So I went through that traditional hospital route, um, very uninformed, um, later ended up very unhealthy pregnancy. I just didn't really know how to care for myself or the nutrients I needed for your, you know, for my body. Um, coming up on the birth, you know, I was literally never talked to about even having a natural birth or even considering it, or why that would be, um, you know, an option. I didn't even know it was an option. It was kind of like, oh yeah, this is what you do. You want this? Yep. Okay. So I got an epidural, and I absolutely hated it. Not only hates them, but I hated it, because I felt like I was trapped in my own body. And um, with that, you know, the, the pushing stage was hard. The whole, you know yelling at you you had had all the interns in that room just you know yelling the push and holding your breath for so long Um, just the whole thing was just very their experience not mine that process was difficult for me um, coming out of that uh, and with a new baby and young single mom at that point and so I didn't realize that I walked away from that experience so empty, but I did. And so my bonding process with my first son was challenging. Um, now, fast forward, I understand why, but um, it was just difficult. And my, you know, I, I did the breastfeeding and I, but, but they told me right off, oh, you need a supplement. So I did that whole thing till he was 11 weeks old and he didn't want anything but me. And lo and behold, my milk came in completely. <laughs> so, um, so that was really like the first key to going, huh, well, my body does work and this is interesting. 
So fast forward and I, and two, two years, five months later, I had another one, but um, during that process, I had met some friends. We were in at that point and we had met some friends in uh, Montana that they actually told me maybe she could be a midwife. And I was like, well, okay, why? <laughs> and so that process, um, I learned that there was C C certified nurse midwives in the hospital up there. And so I had went through that process. It was a better process in the sense that she was kind. She, um, you know, it didn't feel as rushed, but it certainly was still like a 10 minute visit. It's pretty standard. Um, and again, throughout that process, I she never even mentioned natural labor. Like, it, which is interesting from what you would think would be midwife would say, again, it's in the hospital, so that's not always um, spoken of, you know, it's kind of like whatever the mom brings up, that's that. So that experience, uh, about eight centimeters, I said, hey, how about I get something? She's like, how about you have an interesting goal, which is basically um, like a, kind of like a sweat, kind of like a um, epidural, but it's like short-lived. So about three hours. Uh, it was better. I, I could feel more, which was good because I could not feel anything with my first one. Um, so that was, again, okay. I didn't have meds in my system as much, so my bonding, it was easier with that one. And then again, fast forward, 19 months later, I had another one. <laughs> and I learned more and more and more. And my, you know, from what I... I gained half the weight. Not that that's necessary. She was just, I ate better and I felt better. Um, who knew that Taco Bell and Pepsi wasn't a good idea throughout the entire pregnancy? <laughs> my, my poor first son. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, so I decided to go ahead and I just felt like something was missing. And I was like, I just want to do it all. It was like I was pregnant. I was in labor. And there was this gap and I had a baby with the other two. And this process, it was like, I worked for it. He was mine. And immediately, it was a natural birth. And immediately it was like, oh, I get it now. The flood of the hormones and just the automatic love. Not that you can't love your babies if you get medications or sometimes we just need them. But in that scenario, it just worked. And I understood that instant um, bond. So uh, two years later, a little over two years later, I had my daughter and I had found a home birth midwife. So again, it's a matter of educating. And I just learned more and more. And um, I had her at home. My husband helped catch her. You know, it was a very intimate, relaxed kind of will. <laughs> you know, I mean, labor is labor, but it was quick. It was um, just more intimate, I guess you could say. And there was hand, it was very hands off, unless I needed hands on. It was just everything. I roamed around my house. I ate. I drank, and it was just it was precious. It was just precious. And so we welcomed our only girl at that point, and and our youngest. So um, during my pregnancy with. My daughter is actually when I started to get into the birth work uh, because I had ended up telling everybody all of my experiences and like, you know, helping them throughout the process, kind of like a 
you know, I was helping them through the process and educating and then I'd sleep over the birth and then I'd help them postpartum, you know. And um, when I was probably three, four months before I gave birth to her, my son, who was five at the time, started telling me, you need to become a midwife mommy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I was now I was in school originally to be an artist actually and creative writer and so totally different and he was so relentless finally I called my midwife and I was like you've got to hear this kid he's just like keeps on at me and she's like well actually you should become a doula first I was like a what (laughs) and so she did and I then ended up um, training when I was pregnant. So uh, before as a doula. And then when she was born, I actually, right at four months old, I was up again at the birth when she, you know, and it worked great. So I had people come bring her to nurse and in the, you know, birth, I was pumping. It was, you know, crazy, but it was so perfect and it was so meant to be. It was just fabulous. So that's what became, that was the start of my journey. And uh, I have, you know, so I, before I even attended any uh, home births, I attended over, well, over almost 100 hospital births as a doula before I even dove into fully apprenticing. Mm-hmm. So I really got um, an insight to see both, both worlds, if you will. So yeah, that's how I started. Awesome. That's really cool. Do you want to explain a little bit of the differences between hospital birth and out of hospital birth and kind of what options revolve around out of hospital birth? Yeah. So hospital birth and hospital care, I think a lot of it is the care that is um, a stark difference too, is that we spend between 30 minutes to an hour per client, you know, whatever they need at that point. Uh, And hospital providers are only allotted about 10 minutes uh, with hospital midwives, actually. I just had a conversation two days ago with one and they said, really, we only have about 10 minutes. And sometimes we can really push it to 20, but then we're getting backlogged with our other clients. Um, Nationally, doctors will about five to seven minutes with their clients. And so, or as they would call them as patients. So they don't have the time to really get to know their um their women and their families and you know I think that that's one thing is that the education piece throughout the pregnancy is huge and that fear factor see with my first one I you know if someone had taken the time to explain to me like from the first time like oh I'm totally getting drugs because that's what you do and then understood throughout the process like Hey, why don't you just look at this option and what do you think and why what happens to the hormones and 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 the bonding and the breastfeeding and so if it would like if someone would just talk to you and that's the huge difference is it's like that education piece is just not there. And so women are going into labor full of fear. Their pregnancies full of fear. And then when you know, that's what we try and avoid. And so by the time we get to the birth, we are, we have families that are just about as prepared as you can be. And that's what our, our goal is. And with all the resources along the way as well. So during the pregnancies, 
both, you know, we uh, offer all the testing that the hospitals do, or, you know, the hospital staff does as well. Um, but the difference is, is we do not force anyone to do anything. So everything is optional to do any kind of testing throughout the pregnancy. Ultrasounds are optional. Um, so, you know, we do what's called informed consent. And so we give them informed consent. We have a conversation, you know, we go over it. I encourage them to research it themselves, each thing, and then come back to me and just make a decision on their own. I try incredibly hard to stay unbiased and to allow families to really make their own decision. This is not my baby. This is not my pregnancy. So that's one thing that's super, it's just super important to me. So that I, I don't want to give my opinions. And I think that's the difference also going back to the hospitals, they'll give you their opinions and they'll give them, oh, you have to, oh, you should, your baby's going to do this or that. And not all providers, you know, just yeah. to be clear, but it's very fear-based and even they are trained in such a very fear-based mentality instead of just trusting the process. And so, um, so as far as that, that's a lot of the stuff that we do during pregnancy. As far as the birth goes, we all, um, we come to the home or, you know, they come to the birth, well, welcome to the birth center here, but we go to their homes as of now, we set up a mini birth center. We set up literally everything that the birth center will have in, you know, as of now. So we have medications for mom <clears throat> for bleeding. We have resuscitation equipment if we need for baby. We have um, oxygen. Everybody at my birth are neonate resuscitation certified. And we spend, um, you know, we get it all up. We get it all prepared. We have, you know, Pitocin also for bleeding purposes as well. And so we set everything up and we come in when you're in labor and we're there until you're ready and you roam around and you don't have to get any IVs. You don't have to get any blood drawn. You just are free to move. We encourage eating and drinking and movement in pregnancy, um, excuse me, in, in the labors. Um, we do a lot of water bursts. And so I have three tubs that we rotate throughout for your room liners. <laughs> so um it's uh you know we even if moms decide not to, uh, to birth in the water they are it's an option for pain management to just relax in the water and so when you are at home and you're in your own environment your fight or flight hormones tend to not get thrown up as much like in the hospital you walk in you're in an unfamiliar environment it's just natural that your hormones, when people are starting to talk to you and lights are going, feeding is going on, you come to a point that you you actually, the fight or flight hormones are thrown up and that actually squashes the laboring hormones. So when you have a lot of women that are like totally in labor, they go in and all things stops. That's what's happening. And so... We don't have that. We do see a little bit of a lull, even with our interruption of coming in. We try and be really quiet. Um, but, you know, we do need to get vitals. We do listen to the baby throughout the labor, but nothing's attached to you. 
we just sneak in, do it for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, and then we pull away as long as everything sounds good. Um, but the, that allows for bursts to, um, on average, go faster, actually, because you don't have those stalls. Um, so then as far as right after the burst, we are, you know, we stay for a minimum of two hours. Usually we end up being there for three or four, depending. Um, and then after, you know, we walk in and we or walk out with it all cleaned up so that most of the time you can't even tell anything's happened there. <laughs> um, sometimes we'll leave the birth pool up depending, but we drain it. So, so as far as the care afterwards, this is a huge, huge difference than the hospitals, um, all practices, midwives in hospital and um, doctors. And this is where our country has failed us, I will tell you. So they send them home after they leave from the hospital and they see you at six weeks. In that six weeks is huge changes from, you know, emotional with mom to the health of the baby. And this is why I think this is even aside from the births and the care in the pregnancy, this is something that um, we have to all really wake up to is that we're, we are the worst uh, we have the, the, the highest worst mortality and morbidity rates in the U.S. than any other developed country for moms and babies. It's pretty shameful. And it should not be that way because we need to be there for moms. And we need to be there for these babies and really watching them in that first period. Um, and so what we do is we come back 24 hours after the birth. It might be a little longer if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, um, so between 24 and 48, usually it's about 24 hours. And we get do a full assessment on mom, full assessment on baby again, make sure everything's going well. Are we jaundiced? What is happening? Mom, are you doing okay? You have the support, you know, making sure all very well-rounded. We come again, um, depending uh, around either day to three or five, just depending um, sometimes. And, but depending on how they are, we're talking. If they're good, then we'll come around day 10. And then we'll do, again, a full assessment of mom and baby at that, that first visit at home. And then that second visit at home, we do uh, offer the newborn screen as well. And so we'll take care of that for baby um, while parents choose to do that screen. And then they come back to us at four weeks and six weeks. So we're making sure, and without fail, I talk to all of my moms in between there. That is not, you know, you know, they call me, hey, this is what's happening, send me pictures, hey, this is what's on the baby, what's going on? You know, so we have a lot of communication um, aside from that. And we have a platform um, online charting that there is the messages tab, just like the hospitals, you know, but we get back to you uh, within 24 hours. And if it's urgent, I always say, just call me. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, with that, we have, of course, higher success rate of breastfeeding and um, typically lower postpartum um, depression because again you have somebody that you know a lot of us have been through it number one and we are really watching closely of what's going on and so um, so yeah, those are those are really um, I would say in a long conversation there those are the differences. Yeah, I mean, especially 
there's very obvious differences in leading up with your care and stuff like that too. But man, even that postpartum period, not you go from seeing a provider, you know, every week at the end of pregnancy to then you have this baby and all of these new emotions and everything going on. And they see you six weeks later. And it's like, I know for me, my last birth was a really traumatic birth. And as soon as it was discharged, I was discharged. Um, my provider had called and left a message for me and, you know, was like, please contact us if you need anything, blah, blah, blah. But for those six weeks, you know, that's, that's a long time without Mm -hmm. checking in with somebody. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the importance and impact of, um, being educated about having birth options and what options are best for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously there that like I had said, I even, I just go back to my own experiences because so many people don't realize that an out of hospital birth is, um, is an option or when, or that it's safe. And so the statistics are very clear about that. As long as you stay low risk and we are monitoring to make sure and the education piece, you will stay low risk um, the majority of the time course there's those cases mm-hmm. that don't but um I think that one it right there is one of the things one of the benefits of having um having that option is because you wouldn't you would n- not necessarily everyone would stay low risk if they didn't have understand those options and understand why to choose those options you know mm-hmm. what are some of the main things that you would tell people to consider when they're choosing, um, which options are best for them, whether that's in hospital or a birth center or at home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think one of the main things would be, where do you feel most comfortable? And even thinking through all of those options and trying to set aside any fear from what we've seen or they've heard from media or movies or anything, just like go inside themselves and say, what do I feel most comfortable with? And most people do actually feel most comfortable in their own environment. Not all, but they do. Because you go in, you kick your shoes off from long day at work or with the kids and, you know, just try and relax into your own environment and things happen to go better there. Even if you do not have a home birth, I strongly encourage laboring at your home for as long as you can. Mm -hmm. You can kind of get some of that same hormones to continue and, you know, flowing through your body. Um, I think that's one. I think that when you are, um, I think it's important to interview. If you're considering to having a hospital birth with a midwife, interview them, you know, ask them questions. I have people come in here and I say, when I talk to them on the phone, write a list, girl, and ask, you know, ask your partner, do, you know, write a list of anything and everything you can think of. And I'm going to answer every single one. And I'm going to take the time to answer every single one, because if you're not comfortable, uh, you know, I don't want to work together. Like, and I mean, you know, that's, if it's not right for you, then I, then that's not, we're not a good fit. Right, right. And you, and they need to do that. So interviewing, um, looking at their cesarean rates, looking at their statistics, um, as far as, you know, natural births, if that's what you're looking at, um, looking at episiotomy rates and 
then just feeling them out. Like, what do you feel about, you know, this, this, or this, or what do you feel about delayed cord clamping? Um, you know, and then how long would you, what do you consider delayed cord clamping? I mean, very specific because, um, because it just makes, you know, it just makes it. So you know kind of where they stand and if they don't uphold those things during the pregnancy and they start, let's say you start with a, an OB provider, you're like, yep, I'm just gonna have a hospital birth. And this happens a lot. I get a lot of transfers into my care. Uh, you have like, oh, they said they were great. They had a midwife on staff. She said that she would, you know, be great. It's all natural, great. And then the, you know, the glucose test comes up and they're like, oh, we're going to do this today or, you know, next visit. And she's like, yeah, I really actually would prefer not doing that. Yeah, no, you need to do that. You know, and then here comes the scare tactics. There's presenting facts and then there's scare tactics. And that is totally different. And some providers are terrific at doing that, you know, in a, in a correct way. And other people are like, this is protocol. You're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Or this is dangerous if you don't do it. Okay. So if you back up and you are educating your women on how to eat during pregnancy and the importance of trying to stay low risk and how to stay low risk, guess what? You're not most likely going to have that issue, you know? So that issue being having gestational diabetes, that's why they want to do that test, of course. Yeah. So um, it's, it's really at that point, those red flags come up. And if they come up, my suggestion is transfer, transfer care to somebody else, start interviewing around again, because you want to get what you signed up for and you want someone that's going to be very honest and frank with you, but very loving and gentle as well. That's what I would say um, are the biggest, um, the biggest things when you're looking for a care provider. Um, if you're, per, if you're more comfortable, like in a place, cause they're like, yeah, I don't want that in my house. <laughs> Um, and that's okay too, you know, and that's why I have pushed to open a birth center now. And it, um, I, it will be staffed with CNMs as well. And so we will have, you know, different teams that'll be doing home births still and uh, birth center births, but it will be nice for people that are kind of that middle ground of like, yeah, I want a natural birth because in a birth center, it's still a natural birth as in unmedicated, um, but you, we may have nitrous. I, I'm undetermined on that yet, but probably. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's, it's a nice option because it's not out of, you know, it's out of their home. And some people like, let's say, you know, some people we have that have smaller places. And I know that's sometimes a concern, uh, you know, uh, an apartment or they have someone that lives you know, downstairs from them, mm-hmm. like that. Um, and we actually end up in the smallest corner of the of the house, regardless of how big it is. I feel like, but <laughs> but you know, if they can't just see it, that's especially if they've never given birth. It sometimes it's just really hard to like wrap their head around like any space is big enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the birth center will be able to accommodate that. Um, but again, you still have that continuity of care. You have that that same thing is like, here are your options. You know, there's a few preferences, not opinions, but preferences. The only one I should have 
kind of gone back. The only one that the state really does require of us, we do have to have one OB panel. So that's just like some lab work. We have to know, it's important because we have to know your blood type um, for a number of reasons. So right. that we do, um, we do have that. But, you know, others, other than that. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of options, whether you choose hospital or birth center, you know, that one is, seems to be pretty common middle ground from people that I talk to. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited that you're opening a birth center. I am too. <laughs> Well, awesome. Is there, was there anything else that you wanted to mention either about your practice or birth or anything like that? Well, I mean, I think the, the one thing that I, I guess have, I I do like to say is that um, sometimes it will just be the moms that will come in and, you know, interview. And I think it's really important for both partners to come in and to have a conversation so that, they also can really understand what it is, what we're doing. Cause sometimes, I mean, it, it tends to be a lot of the dads and they're like, wait, you want to do what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have a baby at home? Why would you not go to the hospital? That doesn't make any sense. And so um, if they come in and we have a conversation, it without uh, almost without fail, they, they finally understand like what, they're trying their, you know, their wives or partners are trying to say. And so I think that's one thing is just bring, bring your partner along. So you're all, you're both on the same page Mm -hmm. because it is really important. Um, and you know, and if, if someone is interested in more of an out of hospital birth, my favorite video is why not home. And it's a, it's a documentary that was done, uh, and it is, basically hospital midwives and pediatricians and doctors themselves. And what they do is deliver babies in the, uh, in the, you know, they work in the hospital setting themselves, but they have their own babies at home. And that is such an eye opening uh, movie. And, mm-hmm. and that's why it's called why not home. And they go behind that and the science and the safety and all of that. And I think that's a really good start for a lot of people that are like, Hey, I've never heard of this or, you know, again, their partner, let's sit down, let's watch this and see. Um, and of course the business of being born is always great. (laughs) So, um, so I think that that's good. You know, um, I'm always up for questions or, you know, consultations, um, are free. We don't charge for those. So it's always an option just to schedule. You can schedule on my website, you know, to, if you want to come in for a consultation and just have a chat about this. Um, yeah, so I think that's, it's really it just trusting, you know, that you're, you have options and not to ever feel like you don't. And if you feel like that, something's wrong. Right, right. It's a red flag. Mm -hmm. You have options at any point. Right. In your pregnancy, it's, you're not locked into it because you're this many weeks along or. Exactly. I've had people transfer two weeks before their due date. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) amazing experiences you know just because they're like wow that's totally what I wanted you know so yeah that's great absolutely um well were there any other resources that you wanted to put out there besides the why not at home um I mean I think that there's the I think the resources for a if you want to see what the statistics are for uh home births are there's 
let me see. Oh, is it from her? It's a summit view, I think is what it is called. I can we'll see if I can find it real quick. But um, if you just want to email me it, I can link yeah, it on it. I can do that. Yeah. And it actually is a um, the only home birth study that actually. So if you just go and Google home birth statistics, they're not always going to look that great. And the reason behind that is because it's all of the births all, all encompassing. It's the births that. They tried to get to the hospital, but they had their baby in the car on their own. Then they are the ones that choose to birth alone in the forest. And fine, I'm, you know, I'm not knocking anything. Um, and then unlicensed midwives as well, or untrained midwives. And so, or what would be called lay midwives. And so, and that's also a very common misconception is we are not lay midwives. Lay midwives are not, you know, they're self-trained. We're trained and licensed. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, so, you know, just understanding that that uh, resource right there is only by licensed midwives, home births attended by licensed midwives. So I think that one is incredibly uh, to really give you a good idea. Okay, perfect. What would be your best advice to give either new parents or soon-to-be parents? Um, research. <laughs> I mean, really, research, talk, ask for other people's, you know, advice. Um, you know, but go, go back to the facts. And like I said, interviewing, looking at real numbers and then what they really feel comfortable with just because they come have a meeting with me does not mean they have to continue you know that doesn't mean they have to choose a home birth or a birth center birth just go with what really truly feels right and don't don't make any decision based out of fear Mm -hmm. yep absolutely um where can listeners find you at so I have my Instagram is at Tender Gifts Midwifery, and I uh, you can follow us there. We have lots of fun things we do and educational pieces, and we really have a good time with our person. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> knows that. <laughs> and um, we also have a Facebook page that um, you know just Tender Gifts Midwifery. My website is tendergiftsmidwifery.com. And then the new one that's right now on the page, but eventually they'll be integrated, is tendergiftsmidwifery and birthcenter.com. So the birth center will be we slated to be open uh, July 1st, and we are already taking clients. And uh, it'll be at Desktop Farms in Fort Collins. Nice. Awesome. Well, I know all of us are very, very excited for this birth center, so... Thank you for doing all the hard work for that. <laughs> oh, it is, but it's it's good. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Althea. I really appreciate you coming on and kind of talking over out of hospital birth with me. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. If anyone has questions, just contact me. Perfect. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For a list of our sponsors and resources talked about in today's episode or would like more information on my online birth classes, please visit my website, www.talkbirthytomepodcast.com. If you liked today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Or to connect with me and stay up to date on new weekly episodes, you can follow me on all social media at talkbirthytome.podcast or at Mommy Moda and Court. I truly appreciate your support and we will see you next week.